everyone. Diane here, your host of the InStrive Fat Loss Podcast, and I am a senior therapeutic weight loss specialist here at InStrive. I'm so glad to have you all here with me today on the podcast. And in today's episode, we are going to be talking about the top 10 foods that cause inflammation in the body. And I'm going to explain to you what inflammation in the body relating to diet is, where it comes from, why it's not great, you know, why you don't want that going on. So I, I know that a lot of you out there have probably heard of the word inflammation or, you know, your doctor might have brought it up if you're someone that suffers from arthritis or an autoimmune disease or uh, those of you that have like issues with lactose probably are, are pretty familiar. But for anyone that isn't, we're going to do a very basic breakdown today of what foods are causing it, what foods cause it the most, I should say. There's a, there's a lot of foods out there that cause inflammation to occur because honestly, guys, if you think about what the options are in any grocery store, we all know that a lot of those foods have some things in them that are not awesome for our bodies, right? Lots of added sugar, lots of preservative, lots of um, artificial colors, artificial sweeteners, high fructose corn syrups, all those things. So um, the, the foods that you're finding in the grocery store, a lot of them are pro-inflammation foods. But today I wanted to give you a basic overview of the ones that cause the most trouble. If you're just really looking for kind of a comprehensive list of where do I start? What are the most important ones to start weeding out of my diet? That's what we're going to give you today, as well as an explanation, uh, like I said, of what inflammation is and why it's harmful to you. So if you have not tuned in before, first of all, welcome and thank you for joining us on the podcast. I hope you would like today's episode. And if you do, please make sure you're hitting the like button, you're hitting the subscribe button or the notification bell. You're sharing this with your friends and family or anyone you think could get benefit from it. The more that you guys share the word about this podcast, the more listeners we will be able to help. And that's really the goal here is we want to help as many people as possible. If you don't know what InStrive is, you can certainly check us out online. We are at InStrive.com or InStriveFatLoss.com. But to give you a brief breakdown, we are a natural homeopathic weight loss solution. We do virtual consultations and uh, in office as well if you're nearby, but virtual is our main platform. But we meet with you one-on-one -on -one and we help to customize a weight loss program that not only helps you reach your goal, but helps you learn to keep that weight off. And unlike a normal um, diet, we are not a diet. We're more of a lifestyle change. We're going to teach you how to eat to lose weight. We're going to teach you how to eat to keep that weight off. We're not a fad. We're not about deprivation or starvation in any way. And we're also going to focus heavily on helping you get a healthier, more natural body chemistry. So hitting the reset button on that metabolic system, that's really the goal and naturally balancing those hormones and reducing inflammation, which we're going to talk about today. So uh, if, you, if you're interested, guys, I would highly encourage you to shoot us a message on any social media platform. You can call us. We would love to tell you more about what we do and potentially schedule you that free, no obligation consultation so you can learn more on your own about InStrive and meet with me or one of my colleagues. All right, so let's jump into inflammation. Uh, all right, so let's first kind of address what it is. Well, inflammation in a nutshell is the body's natural response to an injury or an infection, um, you know, if you're if something is invading you, for lack of a better way to put it, if something is uh, causing your body some distress, 
inflammation is going to be the response because basically what's going on is your body is setting off the alarm. Inflammation is when it comes from diet is like a fire alarm that's going to be going off in your system. So you eat certain foods and especially foods that are sugary or fatty or highly processed. It triggers that alarm system in your body. So your body doesn't know what's going on. It just knows there's something coming in that isn't great. And it starts to release chemicals that are going to fight off what it thinks is an intruder. And, and even though it's just food, because it's food that has some really not awesome properties for your body in there, your body's going to see that as an enemy. And that, that's kind of scary to think about that we're eating food on a regular basis that our body sees an, as an intruder or an enemy coming into our system. But over time, if you are continuously eating these foods, that alarm is like constant. So it, it leads to chronic inflammation and chronic inflammation. The best way I can describe that, it's like if that fire that we're talking about, that, that alarm system is going off, it's like having that low grade fire or low level fire burning inside you just forever. It doesn't go away. That's what chronic inflammation is like. The body is trying its best to fight it. So you're always inflamed, but it's just not going away because it's not something the body really can defend you against. And having that chronic inflammation can do a lot of damage to your tissues. It can increase the risk of a lot of health problems. It's really important to focus on a, eating a diet that's going to help to kind of keep that alarm system in check. And focusing on fresh, whole, and nutritious foods is the best way to do that. But let's talk about the damage that it can do. And then we're going to get into the top 10 foods that are likely causing the most trouble. So we mentioned chronic inflammation is like that constant smoldering fire in your body. And when you have that going on, it can really pose some health risks. The first one that we like to look at is tissue damage because it's the biggest one. Chronic inflammation it gradually will damage your body's tissues and organs. And it's the same way. I hate to keep coming back to this fire, but if you think about it, guys, think about a really low grade fire that's just smoldering somewhere in a building, right? It's doing a lot of damage. It doesn't necessarily take the whole building down in one fell swoop, but it's there and it's damaging things. And it's not something you want. You don't want that low burning fire going on in, in your body building. <laughs> uh, the second thing, there is a definite increased disease risk. It's like you've left the door open and you're like, hey, diseases, come on in. It's all good. You are opening the door in your body for chronic illness to be able to become more um, able to thrive, more rampant and a much, much higher risk. Things that inflammation really has a major impact on are the ones that I guarantee you, you want no part of things like heart disease, stroke, diabetes, cancer. So these foods are not things to play with. This isn't just oh, I know it's bad for me if I eat this food and it might make me, you know, make my butt a little fatter or, you know, I won't be able to fit into that dress next week. No, guys, that's not what this is about. Yes, those things are important too, but we're talking about long-term tissue damage, long-term disease risk, things that you want to do your darndest to prevent from happening to you. So food can be uh, the cause of disease and it can also be the medicine. And that's what we want to talk about today. Uh, third thing I would say is pain and discomfort. Think of it like you have a persistent ache that just doesn't want to go away. 
that's chronic inflammation. It leads to that ongoing pain and discomfort. Maybe that's joint pain or muscle pain, soreness, stiffness. You get off your couch after falling asleep for an hour and you feel like you fell out the window. That's the kind of thing we're talking about here. A weakened immune system. So if you are uh, dealing with chronic inflammation long-term, it's kind of like having an, a, a war, right? But your army is exhausted and it can't defend you properly anymore because it's been fighting for too darn long. Same idea here. Chronic inflammation is going to weaken up your immune system because it's just causing it to constantly be engaged. So that makes you much more vulnerable to illness and infection. If your immune system isn't at its height, if it's not fighting with everything it's got, not on its peak, when some of these illnesses do strike, a body that is unprepared is going to be much more prone to contracting illness, but also for being worse than it would be otherwise. Think about COVID and how some people got COVID and it was like a bump in the road and other people got COVID and they were hospitalized or worse, they lost their lives. I mean, that that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about a very different immune system in someone who is not chronically inflamed versus someone who is dealing with chronic inflammation. It accelerates the aging process, number five. Chronic inflammation can definitely speed up the aging process. It's gonna make you feel like you're way older than you are, and it can actually make you look older than your actual age too. So it's really important to recognize some of those signs. You know, if you notice that you don't have any energy and you're tired all the time, or maybe you've got chronic brain fog, you're constantly walking in the kitchen and you don't know what the heck you went in there for. I mean, these are signs of someone who's much older than 45, right guys? I mean, that's not normal for someone in their forties or, or fifties to really feel like they're 90. And part of the reason that can occur is that your body is fighting off this inflammation and it's leaving your entire system exhausted and compromised. If you can fuel your body with good, healthy foods that are going to reduce that inflammation and be uh, helping with getting your body to, to be more anti-inflamed and, and managing your stress and getting enough sleep and all these things that can really make a difference, don't you want to do that, right? That's 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 kind of one of the easiest things we can do is to really make small changes to the diet. And even though in the beginning, they might feel like big changes when you're giving up some of these things that maybe taste good or you enjoy them on that physical level. But when you know what they're doing to you, when you know what's happening on the inside, I think it's going to become a lot harder for you to enjoy those foods, knowing that they are increasing the risk of chronic illness, or they are making you hurt every single day, or they're making you feel exhausted and forgetful and just generally crappy. So let's talk about the top 10 foods that are the biggest, biggest culprits in this uh, inflammation war that we all have going on in our current food industry. So the first one is probably a no-brainer for most of you, and it's added sugar. Added sugar gets, you know, pointed at as the villain a lot. And that's, there's a really good reason for that. It is, it is the villain. Okay. Added sugar is the villain in almost any health and weight loss story. And that's what I'm here to talk to you about is health and weight loss. I promise you that excess added sugars are always going to be the Maleficent in my stories because they really are. So sugary foods and drinks, they lead to inflammation by causing blood sugar spikes that are 
higher than they should be blood sugar and insulin spikes. You, you know, you eat these things and they break down really quickly. They have a high glycemic index, right? What, which basically all that means for those of you who aren't familiar is that those foods break down into sugar more rapidly and are easily digested by the body. So if you eat something that has a low glycemic index, your blood sugar and insulin are not going to jump through the roof. They're going to be moderately impacted. If you eat something that has a high glycemic index, your body is going to react quick so that the blood sugar is going to jump. The insulin is going to jump. And uh, the, those types of foods specifically are the ones that will increase your risk of developing type two diabetes. They increase the risk of heart disease and absolutely obesity, obesity, uh, you know, most of us who are dealing with excess weight or have, you know, uh, a, a reason to be listening to a weight loss podcast, you may not be obese, but I know that it's in your mind, right? You know, you think about it because if you're carrying around excess weight, the fear is always, am I going to be able to stop this thing before it gets to that point where obesity is, is really a problem. And I'm going to tell you that the foods that you're getting from the grocery store that have added sugars, none of those foods are going to be the ones that are going to prevent you from hitting that mark. Foods that are processed and have a lot of added sugar are increasing the obesity rate. They are not decreasing it. They are not helping with it. So the best way to know if you are, you know, eating something that maybe is, is going to be not the best option for you as far as those sugars go is to read the label. Reading labels is a huge and extremely effective way for you to know ahead of time if this food is going to be a good one, a not so good one, something you want to include in your diet or not. Um, if you don't know how to read a food label, you know, appropriately, there are apps and things like that out there that you can literally type in that will scan the food label and it'll help you know if that food is going to support your dietary choices or if it's not going to support your dietary choices. They make it as easy as just installing an app on your phone these days. And there's one in particular I'm thinking of that I'm trying to find here for you guys while I'm talking. I should have looked it up ahead of time. But I want to give you the name of it because a, a client actually turned me on to this app and it's really good. It's actually really, really good. Okay. It's Yuka, Y-U-K-A uh, or Yucca. I'm not sure how they pronounce that, but Y-U-K-A is the spelling. That app is really good. You can scan the food label right with your little um, you know, camera on your phone and it'll tell you right away if that's a good one, if that's a not so good one, what the risks are with that particular food. So if you're not sure how to read a label and you need a little bit of help, do look up that app or one similar. It's a very easy way to have uh, almost that, you know, dietary advice right in your pocket anytime you need it at the grocery store. All right, trans fat. Again, kind of a no brainer, but trans fat is found in a lot of processed and fried food. And it definitely will promote inflammation and it also increases your risk of heart disease and stroke exponentially. So you want to avoid foods that have a lot of trans fat in them. Refined grains, foods that are made from refined grains like white bread and refined grains are the ones that are heavily processed, guys, if that if you're not familiar with the word refined. So your white bread, your sugary cereals, um, the, the instant oatmeal that has, you know, apple cinnamon, but it also has like a million 
teaspoons of sugar in it. These, these are the refined grains that you don't want to have as a part of your diet. Uh, again, because they are very much triggers of inflammation and they will not help you lose weight. If anything, they're linked to weight gain and increasing that risk of developing chronic disease. If you're looking for grain, good, healthy grains, uh, those are not the ones to reach for. And you have to even be careful with some of those wheat products out there, because I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of wheat breads that are just as bad as the white breads. You know, they're not really made that differently. So if you're really looking for a good alternative to that, um, there are some, some really uh, well done bread products. If you're someone who is not an active in strive client and, you know, um, you know, you're not in the fat loss portion of your diet and bread is a regular part of what you're eating or grains in general. There are some very, very good options out there. It just takes knowing uh, how they break down, what the sugars are, those kind of things. So if you are an Instrive client, you can definitely ask your consultant. You can ask your uh, follow-up person if we have recommendations for you. If you are not an Instrive client at this time, Look for words like um, sprouted grain. That's a really good word. That means that that has not been heavily processed. Uh, look for anything that is going to have more of the bigger pieces of grain in it as far as breads go, because that means it hasn't been heavily processed down into nothing. Uh, look at the sugar content. Look at the branding. Look online at you know, the websites if you need to, or scan that app, like we had mentioned. So there's some good stuff out there. You just kind of have to be careful because a lot of times even good food is marketed. Um, I'm sorry, even, even food that is marketed as good food is not necessarily a healthy food. It's just a marketing strategy. So always know what you're looking for. Processed meats. Processed meats are going to include things like hot dogs and bacon and sausage links and lunch meats. They contain additives that will cause inflammation. And definitely there has been a major link between the, your risk of cancer and heart disease and these type of processed meats. A lot of things in there aren't awesome. Nitrates being one of them. You know, you don't want to eat a lot of processed food. Meat in general is excellent for you. But when you're taking that excellent source of protein and, you know, instead of eating a nice, fresh cut of healthy meat, you're scraping up. I hate to say it, guys, but y'all know this. You're scraping up what's left on the floor of, you know, the processing plant into one big pile of just scrap meat that's then ground down and made into a hot dog. And then you're eating that. That's not awesome. There's a reason that's scrap meat. So if you are going to eat those types of foods, know your sourcing, make sure that you are picking ones that are, for example, all beef or lean or turkey or something that is a healthier option. Now, again, some of those aren't great either. And those of you on the in-strive fat loss portion of your program know that we are going to say, do not eat processed meats, but we also know this is a lifestyle change. So you may want to eat a hot dog or lunch meat or something like that in your future. And there are good ones out there. So if you if you have questions, if you want to know what the best options are, you know, that's where we can help guide you. Or for those of you who are not in Stripe clients, you know, just some of the things to look for are, like I was saying, something that is telling you that it doesn't have added nitrates or that it is all beef or that it is 
um, unprocessed. There are certain ones that say unprocessed. Um, something that is going to be made in the in a butcher shop is usually better than something that you are buying prepackaged. So if you have a good butcher nearby and you get their sausage, it's going to likely be a lot better option than that heavily processed sausage. Okay, saturated fats. Foods that are high in saturated fat, things like certain cuts of red meat, uh, full fat dairy, they can lead to inflammation and raise the risk of heart disease and obesity. Saturated fat, though, it's not just dairy and red meat. I mean, those are just, just very small examples. I mean, for me, I think the main thing I would have you guys looking at is your sweets and your junk food and like donuts and cookies and things like that. Because let's face it, when we're cheating on a diet and we're eating potato chips or donuts or candy or cookies, those are the things where the saturated fat is coming from, right? You're probably not eating enough beef on a daily basis to, to take in a ton of saturated fat. So look at the things that really would be the culprits in your diet. If you know that every night you have to have a bowl of ice cream before bed, then you know where the saturated fat is coming from. And knowing those things is going to help you see where you can make changes or eliminate them from your diet. But you know, do be careful with anything that's a saturated fat. They're definitely not awesome. I mean, all of us are going to have the occasional indulgence here and there, and that's not the problem. They just can't be a staple of your diet. You don't want those things being a part of your every single day diet. They're just not very good for you. Uh, high omega-6 oils. And, and what those break down to is those fatty acids like your soybean oil and your corn oil. They disrupt the body's balance of fat. They're very um, easily absorbed fats by your body. So they, they do kind of tip the scale in the wrong direction. A lot of times there is trans fat in those items as well. And they do promote inflammation in the body. Oil is in, again, it's one of those things like sugar. It's in so many different products. So if you see on the label that a product is high in one of those not great oils, like soybean, corn oil, vegetable oil, you know that that's probably going to be something that is going to be an inflammatory food. The best way to know that you're not consuming Highly inflammatory foods is a stick, just a little tip here, pro tip to stick to the perimeter of the grocery store. So if you're getting your um, meats and your vegetables and your fruits, those are the best whole foods that are not going to be inflammatory. Yeah, I know the dairy section is typically in the perimeter too, but that's also down an aisle. I'm talking about not going down the aisles. So sticking where the meats are, where the vegetables are, where the fruits are those are the foods that are going to be the least inflammatory. So if you can do the bulk of your shopping there, that's your best bet to knowing that you are eating a, a good variety of foods that are likely not causing you a lot of potential health concerns. Artificial sweeteners. Uh, artificial sweeteners affect your gut bacteria, which can lead to inflammation. I did an entire podcast episode on the on sucralose and on artificial sweeteners in general. And there is so much eye-opening information in that episode. So if you are someone who is a diet soda junkie or really enjoys those no sugar drinks that we all know have the artificial sweetener in them, I would highly encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. Um, let me see if I can grab you the episode number on that while I'm talking here. But I would really encourage you to listen to that episode because the truth of the matter is, guys, that Artificial sweetener is dangerous. And if you are consuming it daily, or if it's a big part of your diet, 
it's doing some really uh, not awesome things to your health that you really should know more about. You should be an educated consumer. You should know what is happening inside the body when you are consuming these things and what it's doing to you. You know, it, it's definitely something that is important to understand. And the episode I'm trying to see here, which one? Um, that is going to be, sorry guys, hang on here. It is, I believe it is in the not so sweet facts about sugar, what you need to know. And that's, that was done on August 2nd. So if you go kind of back through, you will find information on that and be able to listen to that episode. But um, there's definitely a lot of information that you should know regarding these things and what they're actually doing to your body. You know, what what real sugar is doing, what uh, artificial sugar is doing, the, the whole nine yards there. So it's something that you want to educate yourself on. And I will tell you that if you are someone who has a risk of type 2 diabetes, if it is something that runs in your family or is a risk factor for you, there's a lot of research out there that is putting some pretty eye-opening information out regarding its uh, the diet drinks and their impact on type 2 diabetes. And actually, guys, I'm going to retract what I just said. I apologize. That episode on the second, still should listen to it, but that is actually about sugar, just sugar. The one that is about the diet uh, products and the, the sucralose is actually published June 28th, and it's called Pouring Out the Truth, Five Eye-Opening Reasons to Quit Diet Drinks Immediately. But that one I highly recommend to anyone who is um, uh, really stuck on diet sodas or, you know, using those little equal packets or sweet and low packets or someone that has a risk of diabetes and does occasionally consume or is a diabetic and does occasionally consume those diet products. Just make sure you're listening to that. There's, there's some information in there that I think you're going to find very surprising and some, some things that for your own health, you really should know before you make that decision to make that a part of your diet. Okay. Alcohol. Excessive alcohol can cause inflammation. We all know that, right? It, it is at its core a toxin. Okay, we let's let's face that, right? Alcohol is toxic to humans. That's why if we drink too much of it, it'll kill us. Uh, it is not something that um, you know you have to entirely abstain from. That's not what I'm saying here. It's certainly your decision to include or not include that in your diet. Just understand that if you drink it in excess. It is going to cause an inflammatory response in your body. It does take three days to metabolize. So if you're trying to lose weight or trying to maintain your weight and you're drinking alcohol, you're going to have a hard time with that because weight loss is going to be very, very slow and stagnant as your body metabolizes that alcohol out of your system. Uh, it also hurts your liver. No, no uh, surprise there. And it increases the risk of certain types of cancer as well as, of course, the risk of liver disease. Uh, most people I know drink in moderation, but if you are someone that maybe drinks a little more than you think you should, not necessarily saying you have a problem or anything like that, but if you're someone that knows that you are including more alcohol throughout your week than is probably good for your health or your waistline, just know there are some risk factors there and cutting back would be of benefit to you, not, not just from a, a health standpoint, but from a weight loss standpoint as well. Excess salt. A diet that is high in salt will contribute to inflammation. It raises your blood pressure. It increases your risk of heart disease and stroke. 
Um, salt's one of those things, guys, that I want you to take what I'm saying with a grain of salt, pun intended. Um, there's there's research both ways. I'm not going to lie to you. There is there's a lot of research that says that salt has all these impacts on, you know, the body on raising blood pressure and increasing the risk of heart disease, et cetera, et cetera. And there's a whole other set of research that basically says that salt has no impact at all. It's just when you're eating a lot of processed food that has a lot of sodium in it, those things correlate. So if you're eating a healthy diet that has some excess sodium in it, there's not a whole lot of research that proves that that's too big of a problem. But most of us that are, um, you know, in that high blood pressure, high cholesterol, stroke risk, that we know the diet hasn't been awesome, right? We're, we're being honest here. So if you're in that category, it probably has a lot more to do with the processed food itself than it does the sodium. But it's never a bad idea to, to practice moderation with everything. So especially, guys, if your primary care doctor has told you, I want you to avoid excess sodium, please do not go back to your primary care doctor and say, well, Diana Instrive said that salt doesn't have any... That's not what, what I'm saying here, guys. What I'm saying is I'm being honest with you and telling you there's research on both sides of that argument. You can make your own educated decision as to how much salt should be a part of your diet, but always follow the recommendations of your primary care doctor over Diana Dinstrive. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Okay. <clears throat> Food sensitivities. Last one. Food sensitivities uh, for some individuals are things that they're going to be like allergic to and uh, or al allergic might be a, a too big of a word that you're going to have a sensitivity to. So I I'm going to give you a couple here. Gluten, right? A lot of people are gluten sensitive or have gluten issues and maybe they don't even know they have gluten issues. And then all of a sudden they start leaving it out of their diet because their you know best friend's sister did that and got feeling much better. And they thought, well, I'm going to try that. And all of a sudden they feel like a new person. So gluten sensitivity is one. Um, dairy. I, I, I can't tell you the number of people who say to me, oh, I'm lactose intolerant. But truth of the matter is, guys, we are all lactose intolerant. Now, not everybody gets, you know, a, an upset stomach or diarrhea or, you know, nauseated because they have dairy in their diet. But I will tell you, every single person gets inflamed dairy contains enzymes that are meant for cattle, right? Cows. We're not cows. We can't break those things down. We don't have two stomachs. We have one stomach. Cows have two stomachs and they can break those enzymes down that human beings cannot. So remember when your body has something coming in that it doesn't know how to break down, what does it see that as? An intruder, an invader, something it has to attack and fight against. That's why lactose issues happen. The body is fighting against those enzymes that it cannot digest. So the, the food sensitivities, if you're eating foods like lots of gluten, lots of dairy, um, things that will trigger inflammation and various other digestive you know, issues or skin problems, that's a big one. If you see your skin is acting weird, a lot of times skin problems are tied to your diet. It's your biggest organ. And that's one of the first places your body sets off the alarm. So avoiding or minimizing the foods that we just talked about in your diet can help reduce the, the risk of chronic inflammation. And it can also help to reduce the risk of the associated health problems that come along with that. Instead of, of focusing on, um, you know, oh, I better cut this or I better cut that or I need to be careful with that. I don't want you to become like crazy and, and make yourselves nuts just picking apart every single thing in your, in your diet. What I'm really looking for here is a focus on eating whole unprocessed foods as the bulk of your diet. So fruits, vegetables, foods that are rich in the good omega-3 fatty acids, like fish and nuts, um, walnuts, for example, they, they help to promote 
much better health and reduce that inflammation. So some, some swapping, right? Some cleaning up. I always tell clients when I'm meeting with them, because I'll tell you what, the, the assumption is that, or I, I, we think the assumption is that if someone is struggling with their weight, that they eat really crappy. I'm going to tell you that's not the case. Most of the people I deal with do not eat really crappy. They eat a very normal diet that needs some tweaking to make it a healthy fat loss diet. So it's not that, you know, we're all eating all these terrible foods and living on potato chips and Oreo cookies and, you know, cheeseburgers. It's that we're eating foods that unfortunately are not the best ones for our metabolic health. And that's honestly because our food sourcing is so different than what it's designed to be. Always remember that we are descendants of a hunter-gatherer society. So our mainstay foods are supposed to be proteins and vegetables and fruits and fats. They are not supposed to be McDonald's. They're not supposed to be um, you know, processed junk that we find on the shelves of the grocery store. So our bodies don't react really great to those foods because they're not what we're designed to run. It's like putting diesel in a gas engine. It's not going to get you too far. So those, those food sensitivities, see them as red flags. Your body is telling you, look, girl, I, or boy, or whoever you are, look, I don't like this. Whatever you just put in me, it's not cool. I'm not a fan. Let's not do that again. I don't feel good. When you don't feel good, when you're eating certain things, you know, they're not reacting well with your body. Listen to your body, listen to your body, see how different you feel when you start eating the majority of your diet being the, the protein, vegetable, fruit, and good fats. I guarantee you, you'll notice a big difference, not just in how you feel, but also in how you look, you'll glow, your skin looks great. Your hair looks great. You know, people say, Whoa, you look awesome. You look like 10 years younger. Food is medicinal when you let it be. All right, guys, that is it for today's episode of the podcast. I hope you got a lot out of it. I had a lot of fun researching this one and and an even better time delivering it to you guys. Uh, I am so appreciative of my listeners. We love you guys. We love our clients. And and for those of you who are not clients, if you're interested in learning more about InStrive, like I said, just go ahead and check out our website or our Facebook community page, uh, Instagram, TikTok, you name it. We're on all the social media platforms, but InStrive.com will get you everything you need to know. And guys, we are going to be very soon putting up an exciting guide on our website uh, for you to download for the holidays. It is a weight loss survival guide. It's going to give you all kinds of tips on traveling and eating out and where, what kind of foods you can order and what fast food restaurants are the best and what to get there and even how to eat at a convenience store when you're on the go. And it's also going to give you some really awesome recipes to swap out for some of those holiday favorite recipes that might not be awesome for, you know, your goals. So if you're someone who is looking for something you can have at Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas, that's, you know, going to be a little on the healthier side, and it's not going to be something you have to feel guilty about after eating that holiday guide is for you. Do make sure that you go to our website and look for the download button. It's something we're getting up there very soon. So if you don't see it right away, don't give up, make sure you check, you know, daily and see if that button's been put up there because we are going to be putting that guide on there. And I want to make sure you get yours. All right, guys, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening. And I'll see you again next week on the InStrive Fat Loss Podcast.